Hi, welcome to the uh, Trash Future um, shopping channel podcast, where we're talking about all of the purchases you can make to protest the radical Islamic mayoralty of Sadiq Khan. Uh, I, for one, am protesting the creeping Islamization of London by wearing exclusively yellow bikinis, which also protests protesting fat shaming. I am, I am, I am joined in solidarity in this effort uh, by a large, sexy balloon that cost upwards of fifty thousand pounds for some reason. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm. Really, I really care passionately about protesting Sadiq Khan and showing that his brand of radicalism is not welcome in London. Which is why I have had uh, a custom-made designer Italian suit made entirely out of Serrano ham. Uh, <laughs> it has sent me back around seven thousand dollars, but you know, like that's the price you pay for showing the Islamists that you know they're not going to get away with it. Well, I mean, I'm an American college student. I'm here on study abroad, but I really care deeply about fighting the Islamization of Europe, and so. You know, for me, I think the most important thing is I opened up a Sharia-compliant bank account, but I made sure to constantly violate my overdraft fees so that I'm just paying through the nose. But it's all right, because at some point, this bank is going to be shut down if all of its clients just fail to correspond with the rules. So, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's like a little trickle, but at some point, if enough people do it, it's, you know, terminal mass. I'd, I'd like to congratulate Nate for being the successful recipient of the Milo Yiannopoulos White Boys Scholarship uh, to study abroad. <laughs> A man who is, once again, not me. Milo Yiannopoulos famously managed to get himself banned from a payment app for being racist with numbers. <laughs> hmm. Is that like painting by numbers? It's like racism for people who aren't quite, they haven't got quite got the hang of it yet. Like they can't do like, like just free form racism. <laughs> they need like help. They're like... <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, you have to give the man some credit in the sense, and I, I can't believe I'm saying give him some credit, but if you really think, wow, I'm going to own somebody by giving them money, but in a denomination that's going to make them aware that I'm being racist, like you're still giving them money out of your pocket. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's how he protested. I'm uh, transferring Sadiq Khan the right number of pounds to his bank account always says boobies, which will offend <laughs> his Muslim sensibilities. Uh, Hussein, what have, what, have you, what have you done? How have uh, you helped? Uh, hello. Hello from uh, sort of sunny Vancouver. Um, yes, I decided to spend my entire savings on exactly one pair of underwear um, made by Givenchy. Um, and I'm going to be wearing that pair of underwear over, my, over every pair of trousers I own um, because that's how I'm going to protest Islamization. Um, I think it's a very wise investment uh, because Sadiq Khan is famously a very, very bad mayor who has, for example, um, introduced very draconian measures like banning streetwear or banning ASICs because it's not quote-unquote appropriate streetwear, despite the fact that it is definitely high well, that, That's a hadith, I um, think. And it, it's, it's, it was in the hadith that they said ASICs are not appropriate streetwear. <laughs> but, but, who, but, who's he, but who's he to judge? Who's he to judge what's hype and what isn't? Um, you know, and who is he? <laughs> and who's he to send his Sharia police all the way down Bethnal Green, down Roman Road, uh, demanding everyone who wears Supreme or Palace or any of these "quote unquote" mainstream fashion brands to just give them their streetwear as jizzy attacks? I think it's a real outrage, and hopefully, we're going to be. I'm, hopefully, I'm going to be um, writing about my personal experience dealing with. Um, London Sharia racism for a very established uh, political journal soon. So news on that as it comes. 
And uh, Oscar Rickett, our guest sitting in today, how have you protested, Sharia? I've um, annexed a large part of East London and turned it into a golf club. <laughs> um, and uh, we, you know, we may also have room for some kind of pig farm. But of course. We're in, we're in discussions with local planners. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I'm, that's how I'm going to do it. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe kind of confusingly, I'm going to back look for ramen for London mayor, um, <laughs> as a sort of Trojan horse, you know, get him in power. People will think the Islamization is, is getting worse, but actually I'm behind the scenes, you know, uh, reversing the tide as it were. So me and look for are in discussions about that at the moment. It's this is this is genius. Five de- five delicious plans, all of which equally incredibly expensive, ludicrously ineffectual, and downright embarrassing. You Fantastic can vote for your stuff. Favorite if you dial one eight hundred trash future. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our famously American podcast with an American phone number. Always get the bill for his permission. <laughs> <laughs> everybody welcome back again to trash future let's do it how about that uh i'm still trying to find a new form of doing the introduction i'm trying let's do it and then sort of non-committally saying how about that uh how do we feel that's worse? is that how you initiate sex (laughs) (laughs) let's do it that sounded coercive how about that (laughs) hey baby are you in for a good time, madam? <laughs> Although you're just referring to her by several different monikers in one sentence. Well, you know, it's like it's like CrossFit. You gotta keep your muscle confusion. Mm. Muscle confusion. Yeah. I think people who do CrossFit are just generally confused. That's why. <laughs> uh, we have a a wonderful uh, lineup today. We you've heard some of us uh, introduced earlier. Uh, Oscar Rickett is a uh, journalist and writer. Uh, journalist and writer, both both at once. Opposed to the journalists who never write. Yeah, as opposed to the damn. Ju- yeah, opposed- that's, that's my current way of billing myself. I don't really know. I suppose it's to separate the writing journalism from the other journalism, which yeah. I which I do secretly. Yes, of mm. course. The, uh, the the journalism that's inscribed on grains of rice. The pure hieroglyph journalism. Uh-huh. <laughs> the journalism that gets unseen. You know what? You know, it's like the editing and the, and some, the documentaries. I'd say some of the most important political writing of our time has been in linear A. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm more of a linear B guy. <laughs> so it's very important, but no one has decoded it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so shout out to Arthur Evans. We got we got a lot we got a lot going on today. Um, and one of the things we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna finish introducing the rest of everybody. So you already know what it is. You already know the lineup. Um, it's me, Riley. Hello, once again. Uh, it's also Milo. Hi, uh, it's me, Milo Edwards at Milo underscore Edwards on Twitter. I've just I've just moved into my new Sharia compliant dwelling in the Caliphate of Tower Hamlets. No, uh, it's it's it's, it's excellent. Well. I've got boxes and boxes of hadiths everywhere. Uh, <laughs> none of them can touch the floor, which is inconvenient. So <laughs> all of the surfaces are taken. We're all sitting cross-legged on the floor. Out of respect. Yeah. Uh, we got we got Hussein still in Vancouver. Yes. Hello, it's me, Hussein. I am the uh, music editor of Breitbart.com. Um and uh yeah it's it, it it's fine here 
Like I, I, I don't really know what I was going <laughs> to say. I had my first Tim Hortons the other week, the other day, and um, pretty- four out of ten. Like honestly, it was pretty disappointing. <laughs> Ringing endorsements from Hussein. Um, oh no, I was uh, oh, producer no, Nate has hopped off the one. Can, can we do like a little bit of like a because because I, I actually had a joke for this for this bit um, when I was going to introduce myself and then I forgot. Yeah. So um, pretend that I didn't say any of that. Nobody has ever gone to Canada and found anything but underwhelming. Yeah, um, that's true. I'm Nate. You can find me on Twitter at in these deserts, the producer and sometimes co-host. Um, True little detail about me that not a lot of people know. I have an ex- enormously expensive Lucasade habit, and I found that it's much cheaper to just live in Britain than to constantly import it into the United <laughs> States. And so, after years and years of suffering of have li- living in utter destitution, we're just finally here. So, and the irony, of course, is that I have a, a Lacroix habit that's sending me into utter destitution. We should have just traded flats. Except yours should, is yeah. disgusting, so I couldn't do that. What? It's really <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck you. It's a nice flat, but you'll never get the smell out. Not without professional help. <laughs> I, say, I mean, it's a nice flat, but there is the room you dwelt in, and that's the problem. Well, I like living in a cave. <laughs> Very uh, much. Look, the thing about having a king-size bed is that you don't need to put your clothes in a closet because you can just put them all in the parts of your bed you're not using. It's way more efficient. It's how I keep tech entrepreneur mindset. Gonna say, I mean, it gives you more time to drink f- drink fuel when you you're like, why why do laundry? I mean, the clothes are just gonna get dirty again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Living, living in a cave is very appropriate for Riley. He tends to go to bed at some point on Friday and not emerge until Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> also, the room he dwelt in would be a good name for something. Uh yes, a room, a room, and a room, and uh, uh, let's say and affect of his own. It's 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 Virginia Wolf for podcasters. <laughs> um, and yes, Oscar Rickett, as we mentioned before. Journalist, writer, extraordinaire. Um, I, recently, you have penned uh, an, an article on some of the on ayahuasca that led me down a rabbit hole of learning about of getting a addicted business. to ayahuasca. I, I I don't know if I don't know <laughs> that's if that's how powerful my writing is. I, I don't know how if I hallucinated entrepreneurs awakening or if it's a real thing. But we're going to get into that. It's a real thing. Um, but before we do, I'm going to resurrect. I'm going to resurrect a, an old bit. From the, the the hallowed antiquity, uh, that's right, everybody. We're it's opening Tom- up the trash future vault. <laughs> We're opening up the trash future vault and bringing out a terrible product that Ooh. I have found. Oh, I miss the days of the products. Right? They were. It's a nice, fun, structured joke. It just, you know, sometimes they're hard to find. Actually, if you find a product, do send it in uh, because that would help me a lot. Because I'm very lazy. Yeah. Um. So uh, he's not the laziest person on this podcast. So like, <laughs> you really need to send us more stuff in. If, you, if you're at all invested in getting this podcast semi-regularly, <laughs> please do our job for us. We're extremely lazy and we're socialists. Um, okay, so the name of this product is the Blue Horizon. Mm. It is the Blue Horizon. That totally sounds like an erection pill. Yeah, that's... They Certainly is what like it is. Or a computer that plays chess. <laughs> the world's first blind computer. <laughs> we shot its dog and now it can play the blues. <laughs> or, or like David Attenborough's very elegiac final program. The Blue Horizon, which would be a nature program, but it doubles up as a kind of meditation on death. And ends with, in fact, the death of David Attenborough. Yeah, the twist is that he's been narrating the whole thing from the Dignitas Clinic, and you don't find that out until the final scene. <laughs> and the final scene is him 
kind of traveling into some kind of synthesized blue horizon oh yeah it's like a it's like a sort of like nature program version of shutter island with like the whole thing is just inverted at the end so like, wait shit. hang on we're guessing that this terrible piece of over-engineered technology is either a boner pill or a kind of suicide note rendered in, in bbc earth by David Attenborough. That's right. That's correct. I was, was going to throw in that it, knowing Silicon Valley types that it might also be some sort of strange, clunky, lucid dreaming device that one wears, you know, with lots of blue light on your eyes. It's going to cause you to dream whatever you want, you know, be productive in your whatever hours of sleep every night. Again, all of you couldn't be more wrong. Um, so I, I have now a blank, a sentence with some blanks in it. Uh, the basic premise. Um, you pay for the use depending on how much you blank. And beyond that, the Blue Horizon automatically takes over the blank purchase for you. Okay, so it's like helping you buy stuff. I mean, that's all the best. All the, all the best products are helping you to buy things, which famously is very difficult. But it's, it, invariably, it must have something to do with if blue is integral to this name. Then is it like something involving raw water? I, I imagine it could conceivably, yes, use raw water. It's something that filters your raw water. <laughs> yeah. It finally, uh, we can, finally, we can, have, um, we can have raw water without the dysentery, but then without all of the rawness. It would be, it would be like, like Michael Jackson used to have baths in Evian. So it was sort of rep- replicating that experience. But I mean, maybe it's like, maybe it's like your, your massive Brita filter. Oh yeah, maybe. It's a Brita yeah. filter in reverse. It it actually dirties the water to make it raw water. It's like take the clean tap water, Ooh. but then yeah. put it through this thing, and, and then it turns like, it into seawater. And it's yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just concentrated effluent from the sea that they've put together. You can so just drink. It. What we're saying is, it's like if you took like a coffee cone filter, and then put a dead rat in it. And then just ran all of your water over that. But that dead rat has a lot of nutrients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It has it has healthy. Deadness. It's for yeah. young urban professionals who <laughs> have been cut off from nature and it synthesizes some kind of, you know, natural phenomena that allow them to feel partially connected to the earth. Oh, wait, it's a subset of raw water. It's WWE raw water where, like, you're just about <laughs> to take a sip of delicious cholera and then someone just hits you with a steel chair. <laughs> okay, so to recap, it's either a water dirtier um, a form of raw water WWE Raw is War cross promotion. <laughs> a guy in a suit just runs out and starts shouting at you. you know? Yeah. Okay. So that's where we are. Uh, again, you're all embarrassingly wrong. You're all, I think you might actually all be the biggest idiots I've ever met. Is it something to do with like printer toner? Uh, again, <laughs> that would oh, be so God. great. How depressing. It's just, it just orders your printer toner for is you. It, is it like a Hewlett-Packard product? <laughs> no, okay. I'll tell you this. It's made by Mealy. Oh, oh. Hey, what? Is it like some kind of uh, fancy Hoover? <laughs> a fancy Hoover. Are we talking okay, so about... so it's going to be like a household appliance. But that, remember, yeah. you pay for the use. Is okay. it? So is I'm going to do is, number is, three, wait, the technical wait, wait, wait. requirement. Is it an Alexa service, but for waifus? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Krieger's wife in the van. <laughs> no, it's like it's 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 like someone who swings but with multiple anime body pillows. <laughs> I have a threesome every night with my two anime body pillows. Okay, so the technical requirements. To use the Blue Horizon blank, the following conditions are required, which must be ensured in any case. I translated this from German. Um 
At the site of the blank, WLAN with internet access must be permanently available in, in sufficient signal strength. And to register the blank, you will need the mobile app. This only works on mobile devices that are equipped with either the operating system Android version 4.4 or higher or iOS version 9 or higher. Man, this is a, this is a very demanding product. Yeah. yeah. Like, it really wants a lot from you. It does. But, I mean, it wants you to speak German, among other things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten boners a lot easier than this, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, I mean, that was a callback to the idea that it's a boner pill. That was, oh, that was not obvious. <laughs> Hang on, honey, I'm just updating my iOS. <laughs> the new maps really gets my dick hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm updating my iOS in order for me to now have an erection. My on my previous iOS, like I wasn't able to, but hopefully with this update, I will finally be free to. I, I, I love to use the Strava run tracking app to draw an outline of boobs in the streets near me, uh, and then I can I have that to to whack it to. I mean, we already Sticking talked about we already talked about the possibility of a, of a Juicero, but for lube, uh -huh. and this doesn't sound too far off from the technical requirements for Juicero. I, when you get down to it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, pay-per-use. Pay pay-per-use. Uh, it requires Wi-Fi. It automatically orders refills. It has basically a threshold of who can use it based on how updated your, your app is or your, your phone server is. Yeah, I, th yeah, I think that's right. You've, you've more or less cracked the code on this one, which is that it's kind of like a Juicero, but for... Are you ready for this? It's a washing machine. But it's a pay-per-use washing machine. When it squeezes the water out of your clothes <laughs> into an eight-ounce glass. <laughs> That's how you can get raw water, is you drink your own stink. Why? What's for pay? What's? Yeah, I thought Come that on, there, are, there are so many recursive layers of us making jokes here that I'm not quite sure what's real anymore. So maybe <laughs> confirm, can you confirm what it's about very this washing machine? Moment. Okay. What does this washing machine actually do? Uh, so it is a pay-per-use internet-connected washing machine. Um, oh, wow! And uh, so what the idea is, and this is the this is the thing. Here is the here is the pitch that Mealy gives. Um, do you often live in two places and may need to use a laundrette? Do you want a high-quality and reliable washing machine, but at the moment you have to invest in other purchases? And the Blue Horizon is just just right. You pay only for the use without buying the device. So you, where does the device? What do you mean? Okay, first of all, when they say device, they mean washing. Yeah, correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. They mean so, washing machine. So they mean fucking washing machine. They, they mean, mean washing machine. They mean and and it's Germans. You but, know. But uh, where where does the, the washing machine is? Is it in your house or is it in some kind of oh, it's holding in your house. bay? So you rent it. You or you you have the privilege of possessing it, but you yes. pay per use. And so, for example, if your Wi-Fi goes down, you can't do laundry. Uh, I'm just going to say, as somebody who just had to figure out at like midnight last night how to unfuck a stupid German washing machine in this country, I don't think making them more complicated is a wise idea. No, it's if you have two houses, though. Do you ever think of that? A, a problem I have struggled with on a regular basis, having too many homes. Wait, no, but there's sort of people who buy this. That is a problem that they struggle <laughs> with. It's, but like, it's an interesting demographic, isn't it? Because you're rich enough to have two homes, but you're not rich enough to buy a washing, washing machine, machine. In each of those homes. Yeah, correct. It's because you spent all your money on that second home, and now you have to like just sit <laughs> on a bare like, floor. Well, shit, I love my home, but I'm washing my clothes in the sink because yeah. it's just what I have to do. Yeah. They probably are rich enough to own two washing machines, but they just can't be bothered. <laughs> 
were like, well, they're just they're like, oh, this is so much more efficient. This is great. Darling, this is the future. Um, well, but the, the, yeah. the government, I mean, the British government is is intending to roll out these smart meters across the country, which oh. double up basically as surveillance devices. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm it, so it, glad it's that a, there's more of those. It's a way of, it's a way of sort of, you know, knowing what people are. Knowing people, who's mining people, Bitcoin and who's gaming. You know, <laughs> and it sort of like doesn't really, you know, like does it really make it much easier to, to heat your home or whatever. But well, this is just, just for electricity or is this for water? Because I'm just thinking like, what would they what would they suspect people of doing if they were using too much water? I say it's just electricity. <laughs> they're, but, using, yeah. they're using too much water. They're, 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 they must be washing their hands, feet and nostrils <laughs> five times a day. They're, just, they're Islamifying the neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> All the ablutions. They yeah. know if you're doing secret ablutions. Gotta put a they're having loads of clean sand delivered when the water's not available. <laughs> Um, but no, this is that's that's kind of what I was thinking, right? Like this is kind of the same argument that companies like Uber and Fiverr use around flexibility, where it's it's like yeah, the, oh so it's where this it's like yeah, it's about flexibility. You have a car, you have spare time. Why not make a little extra cash and do whatever you want? But at the end of the day, <laughs> you have a dick, you have spare time. Why not make a little extra quite, cash? It's quite <laughs> be a it's, rent boy. It's quite right to point out that uh, a wealthy person with two homes will not really care about saving a few hundred dollars by having a washing machine that's like extra inconvenient and needs to have an always-on internet connection to use. Um, or realistically, will it be poor people who are engaging with a more Uberized form of hire purchase? I mean, probably. I think Assuming- we might be talking about millennials here. Hey, hey I've Ooh, heard. Someone uh, you know? s- sound the millennial klaxon. Yeah. I mean, I hate to drop the M bomb. Yeah. But <laughs> Sorry, M word. I think we're talking about millennials who maybe they're a little time poor. Never go you hard know? L. <laughs> but then millennials. So, but, but, but if like, your internet goes out, do they just assume you've absconded and they show up and just repossess your washing machine? Yeah, I'm sure that there are some like, like mealy jackbooted thugs who will just like <laughs> crash through your skylight and sort of breach and clear your entire house before like rolling a flashbang into your room and say laundry infraction, laundry infraction, comply. I need well, to, to know I'll be able to find your work in this country. And your washing machine. <laughs> I, I have a Miele uh, Hoover and I'm beginning to feel conflicted about it. I mean, it, it, it's it's that it could like measure the amount of dust it actually busts and then uh, charge you on a per weight basis. You know, this is great. I I love I love every element of my life being exactly like calculated and rationalized so that everything about every, every moment of my life just kind of sucks more. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that Riley is naturally skeptical of these kinds of things because at some point, if they do measure every moment of your life, someone's going to put the data together and be like, wow, he jerks off all the time. Like, he's not really <laughs> doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Slight increase in electricity use, then a washing machine. <laughs> I, I He's think, washing his clothes because they're covered in semen. <laughs> I think what Mila needs to sort out first is the fact that like no one knows how to pronounce their name. Sort that the fuck out. What is that? It's just letters. When you said Mila, Mila jackbooted thugs, I was like, Mila jackbooted thugs? What the fuck is he talking about? I didn't realize it was the, now I recognize the brand name. I thought you meant mealy, like made of meal, like you know, just a, just like a just like a, a bag of horse feed, just a bunch of insufficiently <laughs> just a bunch of insufficiently ripe apples coming in to like mealy you know, mouth sucks um, to, to come in like and like fucking murk my family because I tried to do a load of laundry while my Wi-Fi was down. 
Infraction. <laughs> they would never mock you. This is brand infraction on Mercedes. It's very <laughs> different anyway. company. Anyway, um, and so do you want to know how much it uh it costs? Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, the plans. I actually I I don't have them in front of me, but I remember the plans. There are several plans. Uh, there is a uh five ninety nine per wash plan. That's expensive. That's mm. yeah. Then. Or you can pay a flat rate of I of then of like twenty nine euros a month, and then have a two ninety nine per wash plan up to a limit of a certain number of washes. That adds up to the cost of a washing machine in like about a year, assuming you're washing like say once a week. Yeah, yeah, that's it's also that's more true. expensive than a than a laundrette. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. It's it's almost as though this large company has invented a way to sort of extract more resources from people who are unable to sort of make a single large purchase at once on a continuing basis by you know basically making it so that they don't own anything. I really uh, hate listening to this opposition to creative enterprise, Riley. Yeah. I mean, you know, these guys are coming up with a wonderful new way for us to live and fucking disrupting my dirty love. You know, why, why can't you enable the disruptors? Why are you always yeah. trying to... Wait, hang on, Riley. Can I pay for it by selling them my blood? <laughs> No, actually, that's the thing. You get a lot, if you get a lot of blood on your clothes, uh, you know, because you're because you're like a, a young conservative male, and you think that <laughs> Fight Club, you're American Psycho, <laughs> because you think that yeah, because you think like American Psycho and Fight Club are unironically just cool stories about guys who hang out. <laughs> um, then yeah, then you, I'm sure it will guys sell your hang out. it will sell your blood back to Mealy so that they can be used by Peter Thiel to give him like vampire longevity. Just the guy who's really passionate about Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> 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 He took things a little bit far, but you know. Come on, that was moving music. Well, exactly. Phil Collins, you know, I've got two ears and a heart. I, well, I was, I, I was just about, yeah, I was just about to say that like, it's fine if you're kind of like a fancy boy who has lots of clothes, but if you're like a standard millennial who only has their one shirt, their one kind of minor fret t-shirt, some cargo shorts, um, you know, it's not, you know, I, I sort of wonder like, who, who is a target market? For for this app, like you know, who would be willing to pay five ninety nine a month to to, do, to like wash to like wash like their shitty like Gap clothes? Look, this is why I have three versions of the same shirt, and I never wear anything else. Is this is this why like is this why you just so what you're basically saying is laziness is praxis? Yeah, actually, laziness is praxis. Closets are reactionary. Down oh, with washing machines. Let's order one of these and then just never use it because then they'll never make any money out of it. That's basically what I'm doing with my Sharia compliant banking. So let's close <laughs> <laughs> the circle. <laughs> we'll take out a Sharia loan. Oh, <laughs> buy sweet. one of those and never pay it back. Um, okay, I'm going to put a pin in this one and we can move on. Uh, Oscar, I was very interested in your, um, in your piece about... No, your piece was actually more about these experiences of one particular person trying a relatively unregulated uh, drug. Can you just uh, kind of go through it for us? Um, so basically in 2014, a 19-year-old British boy uh, died in a remote part of the Colombian rainforest because he, he took part in an ayahuasca ritual and it went wrong, which is obviously something that can happen. The statistics that I've looked at suggest that about maybe five foreigners have died in the last few years taking part in these Interestingly, I, I read a statistic as well that the ayahuasca experience that's gone the most wrong has been the continuing existence of the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, there's been a lot of casualties there as well. How many lives have been ruined as a result I, of that I podcast? am so certain that the Joe Rogan experience has caused at least five to ten guys to be killed by attempting to do like um, a, a, a really intense backyard MMA, like small joint locks on one another and then just like caused a sort of suspended car to fall on them. The Joe Rogan experience is just having like a mediocre TV career and then going bald, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the baldness causes you to go on like a kind of vision quest to take every intoxicant you can possibly have and then decide laws are bad all the time. Can I hallucinate yeah. that I have a hair? <laughs> in my, in, in, for me, the Joe Rogan experience is not actually knowing who Joe Rogan is. You're, you're, better, you're better off. He's like one of these guys. I, I've kind of deliberately not found out about Jordan Peterson for the same reason. That's such a good idea. I wish I did that. Like so, some things I I, I don't want to like some things I go horribly like down the rabbit hole into, and some things I'm just like, you know what? I'm I this is gonna this is probably gonna go on for about two years, and yeah. I'm, I'm just not gonna I'm gonna try not to participate in it. Does and... it look of like prelapsarian bliss in Oscar's eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the listeners can't see this, but we're all just like dead. It's like dead behind the eyes, husks of men, <laughs> meal of men. I mean, in other ways, I'm a complete husk. Um, the, the, the ayahuasca thing I think is interesting because, um, I, I mean, you know, the friends, I, friends I know who've got into, who, who, who are into it, it, it seems to be quite a, it can be quite a prof- profound experience. It's quite nice. It's, it's worked for a lot of people in terms of relieving trauma or dealing with depression. Also, it's like really fun. And, you know, you get some pretty intense visions from it. You throw up a lot. That's fun. Oh, sweet. Everyone loves that. Um, I think there's a sort of... (laughs) We've developed this secret vision quest drug. It's called White Lightning. (laughs) 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 Drink eight pints of it, you throw up. And you throw up. (laughs) But you will see some shit. (laughs) The things you'll see. Um, the, the, The thing that I sort of stumbled upon, which I think is, it's sort of... It's sort of also an example of how like tech millionaires are trying to ruin everything. And, and you don't say. This is, this is ayahuasca rituals have been going on for centuries and centuries in the Amazon area, which is massive. And, and full of people being paid less than the minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> and, lots of, and lots of Westerners go there with, a, with a, the kind of right attitude, which is, you know, one of kind of curiosity and exploration and, you know, respect, wanting to get things out of it. But it seems like something's, something's turned up, something's happened in Silicon Valley where basically <laughs> they've decided that it would be, quote unquote, a way to find shortcuts to success in the ultra competitive tech scene. And there's a company called Entrepreneurs Awakening. Oh, God, fucking murder me now. Which allows Silicon Valley people to go to Peru, uh, you small outlay of $11,000 for a a week. I Um, spent more on four washes of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, this will then, uh, you know, you you take part in a ritual and then you go back and you... You know, you quit that job at Microsoft that was bringing you down and you set up your startup you've always been dreaming of and with the clear vision, you bring in the venture capital. You put on a swimming cap and you start a podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, this is getting dangerously close to what I actually did with my life. So I'm like, maybe I'll just sit this one out a little bit. I also love the idea of these guys being like, okay, we're going to go to the Amazon and it's going to be a shortcut to success, which is basically what the Conquistadors did. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's the original get rich quick scheme? Well, I mean, funnily enough, the, the first Westerners who apparently came across ayahuasca were Jesuits in the 18th century. And they, Legendary they, party they, animals. They, they, uh, they called it a diabolical potion. Um, and it's a, sh- it's a shame that the uh, tech bros aren't taking the same attitude. It's just kind of like, what, what you're, you're ruining drugs now? You fucking pricks, you're ruining everything. You're going to have to ruin drugs as well. Well, something that's interesting to me, though, about it is that it's, it, for, for what I understand of it, it's very much a religious ceremony or a spiritual ceremony for people from that region. And so in a way, there's a certain degree of like reverence required. I mean, a friend of mine who had done it had mentioned that he tried to have a conversation with somebody about it in a, in a bar or someplace in Peru, and they were drinking. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, but like, we're having drinks right now. Like it's too, it's too sacred to like talk about over drinks. Like this is something that I, you know, it's that important. And like, I just don't think that's a thing you can communicate to someone who, you know, lives in the world of Juiceros and Uber and shit in a place like Silicon Valley. Like perhaps this is not something that you, you know, that is going to be well received in the places in which it, it, it originated. Also, it can really fuck with your brain if you have a bad experience. And I, I'm not, I've never done it, but having had friends who have tried it and who've had extremely bad nights on it, uh, I have heard that, one has to tread lightly. Um, uh, yeah, I think, my, I mean, Milo's comparison to the Conquistadors is probably right, you know. if, if Oh, God, I don't it, like being right. It, it means bad things are happening. <laughs> but if, I mean, you know, are these guys, are, these, are the tech, are, are our tech lords, or are, they, are they the sort of, you know, are they the imperialists of our time? I mean, yeah, well, certainly the one, part. The great thing is, is in addition to sort of copying the sort of imperialist uh, strategy, they also seem to all have Habsburg brains, which is probably the only thing saving us. Uh, I actually clipped from, from, a, from an article that, uh, that you shared with me on Entrepreneur's Awakening. Uh, I have clipped one particular story of a guy called Sebastian, who I think quite wisely decided not to share his surname. Sebastian Payne. Sebastian Payne. Yeah, Seb Payne. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that he didn't, he didn't share his surname because he was like worried about ramifications back home in Silicon Valley. So even his reason for being anonymous is kind of annoying. Oh yeah, no, he definitely, like, he definitely has the... He has this. He has this special kind of brain that uh, that Felix always talks about, which is like the kind where you're incapable of self reflection or feeling shame. Um, and you'll see you'll see this uh, when I read this paragraph or well, a couple of paragraphs here. And please do let me get to the end of it. It will be hard at one point. You will want to break in, uh, but just let me get to the end of it because it's wonderful. During a ceremony on his retreat, Sebastian says he remembers virtually sitting at the base of a tree in the Amazon. A voice called out, this is the day of your initiation into manhood. That's when a cluster of spiders arrived and a great white shark flung itself from the ocean. For hours, Sebastian witnessed his greatest fears come to fruition. He saw himself as a boy in class, lying in a pool of his own urine, while his classmates and teachers stood and laughed. I had that moment, you know, where I was like, what the fuck, really? Every kid pees in his pants once in a while. It's not a fucking catastrophe. Let it go, Sebastian said. I re-became an adult. In the months after the retreat, Sebastian talked through his vision with his fellow participants and the organizer in video chats. He says he returned to the office with a clearer sense of purpose, ready to, quote, do what I meant to do in this life. Wow. Wait, his, he hallucinated the P-tape. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, Donald, is that you? <laughs> Are you Sebastian? <laughs> Devotes his life to finding the P tape. That's what it's like. So, but now, Riley, I, what what is he now 
Please tell me that you know it what he's now devoting his life I mean, to. I can I can only assume that he's now I don't know gone on to make like a, a range of internet connected adult diaper or something. Um, veganism. But it does not it's say what veganism. he actually does now. <laughs> I just asked myself, was that the thing that was holding him back? It was just everything in his life hinged on the one terrible moment when he pissed himself. Because I mean, you imagine if like you're going to have a vision and it's going to reveal the secrets of like your subconscious that. Perhaps it might be something more significant than like you wet your pants when you were six. Yeah, like if exactly. that's it, then like, like what? What is this guy? What was it about that moment that has frustrated frustrated him so much? That he's like, well, I had to go to the jungle to get over this one accident I had one time in grade <laughs> yeah. school, but now I'm good. Now I can live my it life. Sounds like I mean, the the comedian Simon Amstel talks about how he 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 was in therapy for two years and it and and it was good, but it wasn't until he went to Peru and took part in a ritual that he got to the root of his depression and the the thing that he talks about is how he he had a he he sort of became himself as a baby and he witnessed his father hitting his mother and he felt the kind of trauma of not being able to help and not being able to kind of protect her and like and that he'd sort of carried that with him now, now that's a profound thing but simon was interested in going to take part in this ritual because he wanted to get to the root of, you know, kind of deep, serious, personal things. These guys all want to do it so that they can like make their, yeah, I'll be 10% you know, better at spreadsheets yeah, now. It's all through the prism of capitalism. I, 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 hallucina- I hallucinated myself pissing it, pissing in front of all of my, my classmates and teacher. And I woke up and I invented a new kind of shock collar for Amazon employees. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> that, guy, that guy, like that being like a traumatic childhood experience for him in like the pantheon of actual childhood traumatic, uh, did, like, you know, incidences. It reminds me of like, there was a guy I was at university with who was like really fucking annoying, looked like V for Vendetta and was always trying to like one up people on like how left he was and then he used to like pretend to be disabled and then if you questioned him on it he'd be like well i'm dyslexic (laughs) like Like, is this the kind of guy who has dyslexia and then gets a cane (laughs) pretty much he would like show up to like the disabled students meetings people have like terrible like life-altering disabilities (laughs) (laughs) actually i'm dyslexic so well something i point out is i mean so i I used to be in the military and I had a soldier who had some, was a medic and had some really traumatic experiences and it, it messed with him pretty badly, uh, specifically one experience he had um, where he had to treat some a, a young child who was, it was fucked up, but it was a, a 12 or 13 year old girl in Afghanistan who had been raped, who had been impregnated and they had basically pretended it hadn't happened and she had had a stillborn that she had been unable to give birth to and he had to deliver the dead baby. And that experience was this so... This podcast has got a lot heavier all, very that, that quickly. That experience got, was, that fucked him up very, very badly. And he did. He tried ayahuasca and he said it actually really helped him come to terms with things. But like, there was an extent to which there was like a certain level of treating it as a thing you had to be, you know, had to be taken seriously as opposed to like what you just described where you go down because it's a lark or because it's a thing that you think is going to make you more efficient somehow. And to me, it's like on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when I hear a story like that that someone has been able to get over trauma because like, it's certainly better than getting prescribed drugs that are made by for-profit companies. But at the same time, it's like, is that something that's actually going to lead to people having some kind of breakthrough that improves their quality of life? Or is it once again going to be made into a kind of like profit-seeking venture that's not just going to make a lot of people unfulfilled and unhappy, but also potentially cause this thing to be yet another resource like, like 
brain quinoa, basically something else that <laughs> fucks up, you know, a, 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 a less economically uh, guess developed part of the world in service of some asshole who drives a Tesla. Yeah, but I'll have you know. Uh, I hallucinated shitting myself in front of my uh, my jazz band, and now I've invented a new kind of shoe that charges you every time you take a step. <laughs> brain quinoa also totally already exists. That's like <laughs> definitely a thing. It's quinoa for the brain. <laughs> okay. I can imagine like brain quinoa is going to be something that Alex Jones is going to start selling um, to try like oh, yeah. make up for his YouTube revenue. Brain quinoa. <laughs> If if Alex Jones pivots sort of to the if Alex Jones decides to pivot to the liberal, then yes, definitely, absolutely, he will sell. Oh, yeah, on the subject of uh, you know, pouring one out for our boy Alex Jones, so we can now lo- no longer buy Brain Force Plus from our usual outlets. Emma bought me this thing. It's called Brain Gear Brain Performance Formula Focus Clarity Memory, and it's pineapple mango flavor which is just too oh, shit. different i'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna chug it now and see if it improves the second yeah. half of the podcast let's, let's see <laughs> guys this is an experiment live on tape uh, this is real science here we go oh it's, there's like a little seal. but it's also got a protective seal on it so just in case you get too <laughs> smart you've got a really it smells really... almost a bit alcoholic it's got like um okay. okay well let's all drink let's all drink some of the brain juice it's, it's this is this is how trash future becomes like the joe rogan podcast this is how it starts. <laughs> it tastes horrible. Jesus, why? <laughs> oh my God, that's the worst thing I've ever tasted. Pineapple and mango is not a good combination as a nootropic. I, I don't want to try it. It tastes of brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a I really that bad, came it's across a, on it's a really bad pre-workout drink mixed with a dissolved aspirin. Yeah. It's yeah, got a real I mean, sort of... It only has 10 calories in that whole bottle. Let's say they, they, the, what they've done is they've really... Um, enjoy on an empty stomach. Oh, well... Well, great. We all... We haven't eaten anything. I don't enjoy crisp, anything so. on an empty stomach, to be honest. Like... All right. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's... that's But that's that's how... That's 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 the that's the ayahuasca portion of the of the evening. Um, it is... It's, it's hilarious because it is a a thing of great sort of cultural and historical significance that many people from around the world have used to make like profound personal breakthroughs when dealing with mental illness. But we've decided as a society that what we're going to do is we're going to charge like, you know, tech dipshits $11,000 to go and take it for a couple of days so they can figure out like, you know, a, 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 a new way to fire someone via drone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what is drone warfare but a kind of firing in its own right? Damn, you, do you really ter- you do get terminated from your job. Damn, got fired philosophy. at his own wedding. It's it's, <laughs> philo- it's what the Inca gods would have wanted. Damn, dude, philosophy is like business, but for your brain. <laughs> I only do business with my ass. <laughs> um, hey, Hussein, are you about to drive into a very long tunnel that will probably take up the balance of the episode? Yes, I am planning to. Um, I am planning to uh, drive away from Vancouver. Um, I'm going to go to California um, where I'm going to leave podcasting and journalism for good and I'm going to make a living selling um, ayahuasca to um, uh, well-meaning vegans. Um, So I'm going to be driving now. And will you hear from me again? I don't know. You know, you you might hear my voice on like other podcasts, for example, um, the Joe Rogan Experience or... Um, 
99% invisible or probably I don't know um this podcast you might have heard of um uh the spectator um the spectator podcast or the Romaniacs they're both interested in my business acumen um which is very important in this post-Brexit climate (laughs) where um I feel that everyone is going to be selling some version of like nootropic um as we all kind of as we all stockpile in the track in our in our in our in our backyard suburban trenches. Oh wait, final. I think I have the final thought on the on the ayahuasca thing, um, which is that what's one of our listeners should do is go to Peru, take ayahuasca, and then figure out a way to sell embarrassing and expensive um, uh, anti-Islamophobic doodads uh, to Sadiq Khan protesters. <laughs> Well, clearly they have money to spend, so it should not be a challenging thing. That could be your MBA project, listener, who for some reason is going to business school. <laughs> it's the Zune user. The Zune user is, is going to be the hero that we need. Following in my footsteps. We're bringing... Going to business school as a spy. <laughs> <laughs> we're bring... Honor Cortez, the way he would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're bringing back all kinds of classic bits on this episode. The Zune user. We haven't talked about him or her in a while. Yeah. Probably him. Please write in. Yes. If you're the Zune user, we still want to hear from you. That could be someone's mom on a Zune, actually. And the guy who used to send us, like, Finnish folklore stuff. What happened to him? He got oh, banned. Yeah, he didn't actually listen. He just got angry with us on Twitter. Yeah, <clears throat> Estonian folklore. Yeah, he just got really mad at us on Twitter. Hussein, uh, good luck. Good luck driving through your tunnel. Um, and uh, we will see you all in a few minutes. Ah, damn. It looks like Hussein has uh, gotten lost in a giant tunnel and will be unable to join us for the second half of this episode. Oh, no. The, 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 the Vancouver-London tunnel, which isn't quite finished yet. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's what Sadiq Khan's been planning this entire time. Import Canadians, more of them. Anyway, uh, we hope Hussein gets out of his tunnel uh, in one piece and safely. Um, you know, press F, press F to pray for his soul. Yeah, please, please go down into the tunnel and bring Hussein a hot cup of soup to keep him, keep him strong in this tough time. Anyway, and unrelated to the tunnel incident, um, who wants to talk about the biggest dumbass in British journalism being the biggest dumbass in British journalism and actually choking to death on Wonga's boot? Wait, what's Piers Morgan done with Wonga? I was going to say, that's not a very specific description. How about this? How about this? The nerdiest dumbass in British media. Look, we've already trashed Sebastian Payne. Ah, fuck. Okay. Help me think of a superlative for a certain Mr. James Ball. <laughs> He's James Ball Deep in Wonga. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm sure many, many of our listeners may have seen this. Uh, for those of you who haven't, um, uh, Mr. Ball uh, recently wrote an article for The Guardian. I won't cheer if Wonga fails. I was grateful it was there for me by James Ball. Now, I've just a little bit of a backgrounder here. Uh, Wonga, if you don't already know what it is, is an online payday lender that routinely charges borrowers in excess of 5,000% interest plus uh, versus rather a 0.5 Bank of England base rate. Um, And then would continue to pile on fee after fee onto any customer who had difficulty repaying the loan, which at its enormous price and its targeting towards the financially vulnerable was quite a few of them. And then tended to clean out bank accounts uh, with continuous payment authorities, direct debits and standing orders. 
It used cute puppets to tempt people to come and just have what feels like free money, basically creating demand for itself. And don't forget, in 2013, when Wonga was at its peak, 23.4% of its clients had been tipped into financial disaster through high-cost short-term credit debts. And by 2017, after financial regulators had belatedly acted to cap interest rates and fees, that number had fallen to 16.8% of its clients. In short, Wonga is a predatory monster company that has no business existing. What I love about using the the like the sweet innocent puppets to advertise this to people is that in a way it's actually foreshadowing because whilst all of those puppets look cheery and happy on the outside, each of them does have a whole fist inserted into its ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did they advertised in children's TV programs with fun puppets. I have another favorite thing about Wonga, which is that they're called Wonga. How can you, how can you pick just a couple? I know it's it's tricky, right? But right, okay. So here's the thing about Wonga, right? So if you're if you're for our American listeners, for our British listeners who may not have grown up in a Cockney environment as I did, it, you may not be able to tell that from my voice, but genuinely, yeah. Um, so Wonga is like a sort of Cockney East London term for money or cash, which is like never used like no one ever says it it's like it's like saying like oh yeah hand me over a stack of that green like no one ever says it um and they've and it's like clearly a bunch of posh people have gone together and gone what do the working classes call money what do they call the queen's shilling um uh, uh, no wonga yes sounds <laughs> a bit like breasts as well they love breasts don't they yes it's called that i've read the sun <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although Wonga is Mike Ashley's company, right? Oh no, is it actually him? So, <laughs> oh, the owner of Sports and, Direct. I mean, he's a, he's a legit. He's wait, hang on a minute. He is a man <laughs> who's paying, paying less than the living wage to his workers and then giving them payday loans <laughs> to cover the gap in their yeah, own. Damn. Wow. How, but, how much ayahuasca did he do before thinking of that genius <laughs> idea? <laughs> But to be fair to him, he did uh, he did buy his son Radar Radio, and uh, that worked out well. So yeah, I, Radar I, Radio. I, what I, is I, that? All right, I, well, I, maybe I, we're talking about a different. Dem- it's a different demographic for uh, Trash Future. Here. Okay, that's fine. Um, okay. I know nothing. Just assume, <laughs> assume zero. I don't know who Joe Rogan is. You don't know who Radar Radio is. We're getting to know yeah, each other. It's fine. We're we're a, we're a Venn diagram that's just miles distant between the circles. <laughs> we're the we're the DJs, preachers, cops Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, who would like to read the uh, wonderful and puzzling words of Mr. Ball? Wait, is this um, like you're throwing it open to the class? Are we, we no, it's got to be. It's got to be one of you two because it's going to seem so strange. We need that that soothing. No, no, it's going to be right. No, no, I, will, I, I will. I will be reading it. You'll be reading it. Okay. I am the captain of the show. I was going to say, okay, fine, teacher's pet. So do this it. was a sort for of, a long time I on am my the pro- captain of my show. For a long time on my on my Twitter, Abby, it was me wearing a captain's hat that I'd found discarded at a party uh, that we'd had at our house. I plan on maintaining that attitude, if not the Abby. He's the captain of By his all ship. means, then read Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. James, Mr. James, bald face stupidity. Jimmy Ball. Baller. I wanted Jimmy to make Baller. a John Woodcock style joke, but I realized with James Ball's name, it's just it's just far too easy. It's it's low hanging fruit. It's, if you it's will. low hanging mm. fruit like the balls. Exactly. His exactly. name's yeah. Bull. Okay. James Bull. Guys, exactly. let's just let's stop. Wait, hey, you know, guys, let's stop with the childish insults. Come on. Let's talk about Wonga, a not yeah. childish thing at all. The Let's- name is Bull. James Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that joke, man. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> oh, hear Oh, shit. You. I just missed it no too. No one heard it. And then here he comes in 
And we just classic comedian, all over him, classic you know? comedian. Those those laughs that you just laughed at my joke, those were actually on. Those laughs are on loan to me from Oscar at an extortionate interest rate. <laughs> <laughs> right, my, okay, let's my, get into some of my the ter- first appearance. It'll be my last. Let's get into some, <laughs> let's get into some of the terrible words that Mr. Ball has graced us with. To many, Wonga made a perfect pinup villain, an example of the kind that was willing to exploit those struggling in an era of austerity, real terms cuts to wages and working age benefits, and people who were just looking to get through the month. Wait, can I stop you for a second there? Who pins up villains? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fucking, like, the hate chart on the wall. <laughs> just having, God damn you, Soros! <laughs> just, just, ha- just, having, just having a furious wank to Dr. Claw on my prison wall. <laughs> I don't know about Dr. you, but Dr. when I was a teenager, the walls of my bedroom, just, you know, villains. Wall-to-wall villains, you know. Oh, yeah. People I despise, that's what I put up on my wall. Yeah, fucking... To be reminded of them so I can just be angry all the time. I have wallpaper made entirely out of Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like like so many sort of dipshit liberal articles. It starts with a completely reasonable statement. If Ball had then ended his article there, I'd have been like, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, that's the rule about The Spectator. The first paragraph of any Spectator article is a, is a sarcastic statement of what is actually the correct opinion. <laughs> and then the rest of the article is just insane. <laughs> All of this just equivocation. They'd be like, but actually the thing that's correct is not correct. It's wrong and you should feel bad. Poor people should have rights. <laughs> no. No, economic Have you heard about sure. this gender intersectionality? <laughs> well, it's like in the Australian, this is something I, I, I look. Here's the thing. This is. Good. Am I repeating a thing from our last episode with the Bunta Vista guys and ladies? Yes, I am. But my favorite thing of all was uh, I think it was one one of their terrible columnists just saying it wasn't a bunch of transgendered um, uh, wind power activists who saved those Thai boys. It was Western gas generators. It was a bunch of pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're getting so incredibly off track. We're getting good old-fashioned Catholic <laughs> pedophiles. It's good to see you doing uh, Elon Musk work here, man. We're, we're getting so very off track. So here is where James Ball starts to become wrong. Um, that view is not necessarily wrong, except for ignoring just how bad most of the alternatives to Wonga are. The reality is that there are almost no other options on the table, and all of them are worse. I know this because... A gasp as an overeducated middle class journalist admits that he was poor for like three months. I was a Wonga customer. Dun, dun, dun. Damn. Damn, bro. I didn't know you had to go through that thing temporarily without a family or like any major obligations. And, you know, also coming from a white background with some relative privilege that you could never possibly have fallen back on. Damn, I feel for you. It got to a point where I was going down to the docks and sucking dicks just to pay for a single wash cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ball continues. Which I was paying for on a £2.99 monthly cycle. (laughs) No, it's not £2.99 a month. It's £2.99 a wash. But it's £29 a month. Or the privilege of having the washer that you pay for use. Correct, yes. Wow, I mean, here I keep, am. Keep fact-checking keep your other ex- journalists. Keep your extortionate <laughs> bullshit straight here. Yeah. Absolutely. All of these are different ways of nickel and diming the working class into oblivion. Get it fucking straight. So, um, Ball continues. My financial position was probably better than many people who needed the service. For one, I didn't have children to feed, but it was quite tight anyway. Earning 20000 a year, every month I was paying 500 in rent, plus bills, plus a 210-pound graduate loan, and then 220 pounds a month, 
on a rail travel card. Who's paying 500 pounds in rent? Look, I, I don't want to sound like a smug asshole here, but 20,000 pounds a year is, is more than the median income in this country. Is it not? No, it's not. I think it's, it's about 25 grand. Oh, really? I'm just, I, I, for some reason, I was thinking... Uh, I thought it was 18, I think. I think 18 outside of London. Oh, wait. Yeah, significantly yeah. above the minimum wage. I was going to say, because I know that, that uh, from personal experience, I know that, that you can't sponsor somebody for a visa if you don't earn at least 18.5 a year because that's the cutoff for when you'd be eligible for benefits. So in a sense, he was earning... More than that, which is not which is not to disparage it, but just to say like that's still more like the median income in like Northern Ireland is like fourteen thousand pounds a year. I also feel like the problem with this article is not that it's not that in the personal anecdote he's not sufficiently impoverished, although that is obviously part of the problem. It's 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 the kind of bad faith of using this temporary situation as the sort of totality. Yeah. Yeah, of what's going because on? Twenty thousand and ignoring everything else that was happening. Twenty k a year with a graduate loan is still in a much different position than somebody who's been working on a minimum wage job who doesn't have a university degree. I mean, and that's just yeah. or who may have less than a minimum wage job because, like, someone did ayahuasca and figured out how to like <laughs> have them only get billed for like the deliver the moment they're putting the DPD package down on someone's doorstep. I think yeah, I think James Ball is like a classic candidate for getting getting his money stolen by the wallet inspector because like he seems to like genuinely think that like the Wonga.com mission statement is like lifting people out of poverty. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gonna be there for poor people. You know, it's a shame we can't get this money at any of a lower interest rate, but just no one will give it to us for less than three thousand percent. You not see the Chris Martin uh, Mike Ashley make poverty history collab. This sounds to me like a collaboration between all the worst stuff Britain has to offer. <laughs> when you have poor, yeah. you have Coldplay and extortionate rents. Hey man, that's a combo I can get behind. But you got it. Yeah, hang on. Coldplay like pre two thousand and eight is like fine, but Coldplay after that point is a war crime. Well, now we're now we're on a digression. Get, get off the podcast, Milo. There you go. There you go, Tankies. Get onto some actual war crimes. Coldplay albums since two thousand and eight. I'm going to replace you with the tropical fish. But Riley, you hate any music that's not techno or occasionally PC music. You're not a normal person. You're really not a normal person when it comes to music. Riley, you're a great guy, but but your music taste is, is awesome. And so uh, ball can. Continues. Uh, credit unions, cheered on as the supposed fix for situations like these, are in practice slow to lend, useless if you're tr- trying at short notice to avoid bouncing a bill payment, and are often more conservative than other lenders, especially when refusal is not only humiliating but also hurts credit ratings. And that's to say nothing of loan sharks or similar, even less savory alternatives. We might not like lenders such as Wanga, but their disappearance would help no one, especially as regulators had finally taken action to cap interest rates, charges, and other fees, making it harder for companies to roll over loans, which was often when the worst problems began. Now, I would just like to say that we should not cheer the disappearance of Wanga when the regulator introduced a regulation to protect consumers that destroyed their entire predatory business model. That's... I'm just looking at this and I'm literally like my brain is melting because it's like, how can you look at something that you effectively could never pay off if you were making normal, like, it's not just like, oh, wow, it's going to take me 10 years to pay off this credit card balance if I pay the minimum payment. It's literally, unless you happen upon an enormous lump sum, you will never be able to pay it off because 5,000 annual percent annual interest is insane. Like that's, I I don't have a calculator in front of me with with Mitch to, to, to add this up, but like, 
so, so the idea you say, oh, well, that's just the best we can do. And we've got to just, you know, like they're providing a service. Like I, unless someone is, if I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems that unless someone is able to get, get their, their paycheck and immediately pay this loan off within say a couple of months, it's going to become so astronomically large that like they're never going to pay it off. And it's going to become the kind of thing where they're going to be in default. Correct. That's so absolutely that's right. That's the best you can do. Like be like, oh, wow. You know, like at the end of the day, Child traffickers are providing a service. I mean, they are giving money to those families when they sell their children into slavery. This is, yeah, this hey, is totally. Where did you get this solution to grinding poverty? Hey, I fell off a truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's that he just imagines that these things are basically natural and that they're the best we can do. But the great thing is, is I kind of, as I was reading this terrible article, um, I I so I was sort of wondering where have I seen literally all of these points made before in much the same way without the trite personal anecdote, and I remembered during an ayahuasca experience. <laughs> oh yeah, in a press release from the Consumer Finance Association, the industry group for payday loans. Nice. <laughs> same exact same things from the Consumer Finance Association in its response to a cap on interest rates. Without access to a regulated form of finance, many consumers, they cite 600,000, are unable to take action to manage their cash flow or cover emergency financial costs. They could end up using, turning to more expensive forms of credit or using an overdraft facility, which could cost up to 180 pounds in fees, or, and this was in another paragraph, turning to um, dangerous for- sources of credit like loan sharks. Mm. James Ball here, representing the best interests of the payday lenders, as they have written them. Loan sharks, you know, the threat from loan sharks is greatly exaggerated. I mean, to be honest, like the waters around Britain are largely too cold for loan sharks to inhabit. And, you know, at any rate, if you stay out of the sea, you're not in much danger. <laughs> Thank you, Milo, for making that wonderful comparison. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like this is a sort of great example of a kind of, like a sort of, you know, kind of PPE, Oxbridge, sort of history boys kind of form of journalism where, you basically make a horrible point in a way that you think is clever. So <laughs> you're, you're kind of, what you're doing is you're sort of saying, you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, to use a kind of outdated reference, you know, Alan Bennett's play, you know, it's, you, you know, the, the kind of, the, the fight is between the modern history teacher who says, you know, the way to get into university is to make a horrible point, but in a really kind of clever and flashy way. And, you know, not, not to say that this article is clever because it's, because, <laughs> because it's not, but, but, but that is essentially, it's the sort of what's, what, you know, what's the common sense reaction to this? Wonga is a horrible company in providing a horrible product with the, the, the desire for which it kind of created itself. It's like Crocs. You know, <laughs> and so so the common sense reaction is to be like, well, this is this is a good thing. It's a bad thing, and it's ended. But no, the way you know, the way to get published, the way to have the take, you know, the way to sort of it's 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 this kind of you know, it's like you may think that I'm being stupid here, but actually I'm being far cleverer than. And 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 it's sort of cle- it's like smart idiots. It's like cleverness in the in the in the kind of service of something really. Well, I, I, I guess I just look at this because I mean we mentioned the point previously that it's shocking where you encounter something where Britain is less regulated and more insane than America. I mean there are some weird things like 
you pay your landlord's property tax for him, which is insane here, but ah, uh, yeah, periodically that's a classic to, one, exactly. But 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 and the, people make similar James Ball style arguments for that, like, well, if you don't pay the property tax, the landlord's just going to put the rent up to pay for the property tax. And it's like, wow, that seems like something regulation it's could just, stop. It's, yeah, it's insane. It's <laughs> like you would literally, I mean, for American listeners in Britain, you basically pay your landlord's property tax for them, and the only exceptions are if you were disabled or if you're a student. Otherwise, you pay it, and it's a flat rate. It doesn't matter how much you earn. So somebody, even if you're making the kind of wages where you might be in a situation to take out a Wonga loan, you still pay the same amount and your landlord, unless he's living in the property place, pays nothing. Yeah. It's fair assessment. I mean, cause I, I obviously am. A, yeah. That, that's a, literally a yeah. It is full. Bullshit. So I want to point something out here while you were talking, I looked on my phone and looked this up and I basically couldn't get a loan calculator to give me the rates at 5,000% interest because they're like, no, we won't. It has to be like one says max 20%. One said max a hundred percent. I finally found one based in Northern Ireland where I was able to calculate it. And here's what it says. If you took out a thousand pounds at 5,000%, I don't know the, the term, whether it's you know 12 months, I just put in 12 months. It said, the bottom line is that for this loan for a thousand pounds over 12 months will cost you 4,166 pounds a month. Taking out this loan, you'll pay a total of 49,000 pounds in interest. The two, two true cost of this loan is fifty thousand pounds. Well, the the real the way this the way it works is they say they have to give a representative APR, which means that they but they usually charge a a fee. Sort of okay, well, it's a fee. It's not interest. It's a fee, and that's what they say uh, to forward you a thousand pounds. It costs you know um, it, it costs you know two hundred pounds or whatever. And so what happens is that represent is that that represents this extortionate APR. But the in the ther- but they're like, well, that doesn't really represent the true cost of the loan, unless of course you can't pay it back and you get hit with further fees, which is an enormously common element of their business model. I guess I'm just looking at it and say that it's so usurious to the point of it being ridiculous that there's absolutely, in my opinion, no way that you can defend it even from the practical standpoint because it it, it so clearly puts people in an, in a, in like an an inescapable situation. They literally would just not be able to get out unless unless they won the lottery. And Wonga had a Wonga had a kind of range of of brutal sort of uh, methods for dealing with people who didn't pay their loans back on time, which is a lot of people. Uh, and 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 again, sort of the, pro- the problem with the article is sort of it. You know, there's a lot of journalism which has to be or is made to be filtered through the kind of through like personal experience, quote unquote. And, you know, there's a sort of problem with that generally maybe, but the issue here is, you know, James Ball's personal experience is that he was able to pay the loans back. Okay, so great. It's not that hard to find out about people who weren't able to pay the loans back. For a guy who's so interested in data and facts, apparently, he hasn't... he hasn't, it's like, make a fucking phone call, man. You don't even have to do that. You just get, get on with, you know, Riley over here has, 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 has you know, done done all the journalism that, that James uh, should have been I, doing. I did slightly more because I actually looked up something else. I, 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 wow. Uh, Effort posting. <laughs> the Wikipedia went, page for Mastodon. He went beyond, like, the Wonga website in his yeah. search for material. Yeah. Um, so, but that's the thing is all the nuance that Ball here is providing is basically just serving to mystify a power dynamic that says it is basically permissible to charge working class people thousands of percent interest and rich people little interest, if any at all, 
simply because the poor have little other choice than to accept financial ruin now or later. Yeah. More or less. That's his, what Ball is doing his here. His point is quite like, oh boy, do we live in a society. It's quite difficult to say <laughs> who's to blame. <laughs> well, no, you're, no, I mean, that's, he, what he's effectively saying is it's the best it can possibly be. And I think what was so st- striking to me was your comparison, Riley, when you, when you put out your summary and you said that the, the Bank of England rate is 0.5%, 0.5%. That the idea that you're taking... I, 50,000 times that or five or, or 10,000 times that to get that the, the idea that, that that's the best you can do when even in the insane hell state that I come from it's like one tenth of that amount and that's still extortionate yeah well here's the here's the other the other fundamental thing according to Ball's logic it is merely a symptom of our times that Wonga um, routinely would lend people um, sums that knew they couldn't pay back and then earn orders of magnitude more by charging fees to people who can't pay the fees, forcing them to roll over credit and accept financial ruin, inventing fictional law firms to hound borrowers, and then somehow managing to escape prosecution, and then cleaning out Kane Spar and Price's bank account, leading him to kill himself later that day. Ball's logic is when you nut and you have that moment of clarity. Yes, <laughs> you have the moment of clarity where you're like, actually... The fact that this company's business practices directly led to a suicide is basically fine, and there's nothing we can do about it because nothing can ever be done about anything. You read about that suicide, and you do a Benjamin Netanyahu, and you're like, the strong will feast on the carcasses. (laughs) (laughs) The strong will feast. (laughs) So once again, uh, this is a question that I'm asking that I would imagine that given our 40-ish percent American audience might ask as well, are paycheck garnishments great a thing? data there? Yes, well, James Bull would cool. be proud. We are, I mean, we are a data-driven podcast. They, we believe they are. in technology. They so, are. so, so wage garnishments, like if you owe a debt. No, sorry, it's not a wage garnish. What it's called a continuous payment authority, where basically the company can, um, I think, as many times as it wants within a monthly period, just clear out whatever's in your bank account. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. and that's what led to the suicide of of Mr. Spar and Price. Yeah, okay. Because I was, I was wondering if that, because that obviously that, that definitely exists in the US as well. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, here a wage garnishment is a, is a selection of like delicious sauces and accoutrements <laughs> that you get well, alongside your way. At least, like, it's, I, I wouldn't possibly ever dream of defending the insane practice of wage garnishment. But at least garnishing wages is a percent of what someone's making as opposed to 100% of an amount that you have but a legal United claim States, to. Yeah, it works it, more it, like it, a tax. In the United States, there's, there are situations when people are on benefits, for example, where they'll clear out everything in your savings account too or your checking account. That's like that. so cool of them. Yeah. It's it's it, that does I, exist. I, I just I, I love the convenience of payday lending. It's it's a very there insane. Was a, or, there was ahead. a lot of anecdotal evidence. I mean, Martin Lewis wrote a good post about this. There, there was a lot of anecdotal evidence of like people drunk late at night, gambling on TV, seeing Wonga ads, and then grabbing instant cash at five thousand percent APR to bet with. And then obviously you can't afford to repay it, and payday lenders like Wonga would make, you know, they make people sign up to, to you know, these immoral agreements that mean cash can be taken directly from their bank accounts without their request. You don't need their permission. But James Bull reminds us, those people could have won at gambling. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they could have been rich beyond their wildest dreams. And who would they have to thank? The humble people at Wonga. They might they have, just u- they might have used those loans to, you know, to set up uh, small businesses. 
Yeah, sending people for ayahuasca experiences. <laughs> sending people for ayahuasca experiences and installment plans. It's this sort of, me and the lads went to ayahuasca when we was 19. It was fucking legendary. <laughs> <laughs> when I say ayahuasca, you say ayahuasca. <laughs> Getting chlamydia. <laughs> Um, if I can, I think we're, we're, we're beginning to time out soon. So I'd just like to take us home um, again to really emphasize the sort of moral and intellectual nullity of Ball's position here is that after the suicide of Mr. Spar and Price, uh, Wonga released a statement. We were sorry to hear about the tragic death of Mr. Spar and Price. We take our responsibilities to our customers very seriously and we have strict lending criteria in place. We conducted a full review of this case at this at the time to confirm we acted according to regulatory guidelines and continue to improve our engagement with customers. Incidentally, if any of his relatives are looking for find ways to finance the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I don't think we're going to get a bender, better ending note than that. It really is the stop all the clocks <laughs> of the late capitalist age. Um, uh, so I'm going to say, uh, Oscar Rickett, thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me, lads. It's been a, gen a genuine delight. And, and for me. you know, pre press F to pray for Hussein's safety in the very long tunnel. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, before, before we close out, the usual, um, the usual ending. Uh, number one, thank you to Ginseng for our theme song, Here We Go. You can find it on Spotify. It's very good. I recommend that you do. Mm. And uh, you can find us on Spotify now as well. You, yes, you can find us on Spotify. We, we have joined the platform economy. Um, secondly, uh, if you're interested in commodifying your descent, you can't possibly do better than a t-shirt from Lil Comrade, where you can post, where you can choose one of the many of your favorite lines from the show, or in the case of some of our listeners, just some stuff we said at the pub once. Also, I'd point out Little Comrade shirts are extremely soft and have passed all of the softness tests of people who have purchased them in the U.S. where they do, in fact, ship. So please sponsor our friends, Capitalist Endeavor, but it's actually not the yes, same. It's not that capitalist. No, it is a worker-owned business. It's a worker-owned business by someone who actually does really, really good work. Yes. So definitely buy it. And finally, if you're looking to cook up a little revolution, you also can't do better than the fine stoneware of the Vremi family of products. It's not socialism if it's not Vremi.